Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Rich Yuma here live on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk family alongside, of course, uh, my producer here in the studio here with me today is Will Porter. As always, we start the day with you, 7 a.m. sharp. We're always on time. Well, we're always a little early as well. We get here about 6.15. We start putting everything together. And, uh, man, I'm going to tell you what, it's uh, one of the best parts of my day is getting up with you guys, talking to you guys, getting these athletes in here. And having that conversation today, no different. We've loaded it up again with four different guys that are going to come in here. And it's kind of like quarterback you on the show today. I kind of feel like uh, a little bit like Chucky, the head coach over there with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you know who that guy is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're, we're excited about that. Let's see what we can, we can do because here's kind of uh, the outline for today. We'll start off at 714. We'll check out uh, Chapin very own starting quarterback uh, Chapman Chapman again I don't, I don't know why I want to say a Chapman <laughs> there, there is there is a Chapman and there, there is, is a Chapman and it's the weirdest thing ever right yeah. so I, I need to get that right because when he comes in here we need to make sure we're on point here so Chapman's very own uh starting quarterback who is committed by the way to go to Georgia State he won the uh 3A state championship on Saturday we got a chance to see him play uh very much I would say every bit of five-star football as they shut down Dylan in fashion, well, we'll talk to him here. Uh, first thing this morning, his name is Michaeli Calisario, and he will uh, be coming in here with uh, two championship rings. He won one his freshman year in 2015, the second one his senior year 2019, uh, the first ever perfect season. Well, that was this year. They were 15-0, and and they've only got two state championship rings, and he has them both on his fingers uh, from a freshman and a senior year. What a way to come in and what a way to go out. Absolutely. And I mean, um, you know, his stellar performance at, um, at Williams Bryce on Saturday only um, put an exclamation point on on a spectacular, uh, perfect season that they had. Uh, and, and really, really all of that has to do with coaching. Am I right? I mean, they, they, they coach those kids up there well and, and they, they train them hard and uh, long throughout the entire season. And like we said, it's it, it's a privilege to get to play in December. You worked hard, you worked hard and you won games. And you went on a you went on a five game win streak um, this, this postseason, and you and you win a championship. Yeah, you know, but I will say this: there's a lot of guys that have worked hard all year long. I had a conversation with multiple coaches yesterday, or in around the Low Country. We were just kind of going over some things, and uh, they were asking me when are you heading up to Myrtle Beach, and, and and just trying to get some things together with that because I'm going to try to do the show. I'll be in Myrtle Beach. You'll be here on Saturday, uh, and it uh, should be. A lot of fun. I may even have a few players drop by the uh, the stand where I'll be set up on uh, Saturday. And maybe even if I can get there on Friday, see how it goes. You may end up still being here on Friday, and, and I would be over uh, in, in Myrtle Beach at the practice field. So that could be something to look forward to. We'll wait and see how that one's going to work itself out. Uh, but a lot of teams, they all practice hard. Let's be honest. I mean, they get in there around July and, and, and do their 7-on-7s and all that stuff, and that's, that's always uh, – 
a gut-busting deal. And then they come in in August, and they work the two-a-days. And in September, the practices happen, and it's day in, day out. It's the heat. It's the rain. It's the sun. It's the name it. You get it. They all work hard. And I think that's something sometimes that, that there's a misconception that you don't work hard because you're not playing on championship Saturday or, or, or Friday night lights of the championship version, uh, which that's not what you were doing, Will. I get that. But, you know, when I talk to these coaches, yeah, that, that's one of the things that I do get from them. And I get it because I, I got to watch a bunch of our guys here in the low country, at least really put in the work. You saw Fort Dorchester go undefeated all season long run into that ball saw of, of the low country killers, which I've named them and coined them. And that's Dutch fork. But, uh, you, you know, I've seen those guys practice. I watched them run from the time they hit the asphalt out of their locker room all the way to the practice field, never stop running until they get right at the front door, the back door, whatever door it is there to get back into their locker room. And that's just the expectations that are set over there. Somerville's the same way. They come running down the hill. They don't stop until they get back up on the hill. Uh, Goose Creek. I watched those guys. So again, so many different teams I had a chance this year to get to know a little bit better. We will also travel, and the bus is going to be busy today because, again, we'll, we'll start in the upstate. We'll uh, pretty much be up that way all day today as uh, about 7.30, Noah Bell, one of your guys, Saluda High School's very own Saluda Bell. Uh, he's going to come in here. He's got three offers, by the way, as uh, he's looking at either Erskine, Wingate, or Newberry. Newberry, of course, is his most recent one. Talked to him last night a little bit, Will, and this is a team that came in a little different. Third seed, right? They they lost the three games this year going into the playoffs. They were, uh, I believe, seven and three. They finished twelve and three, but uh, a, a great run and shows you just because you start somewhere doesn't mean you'll finish there. And in a, a team that's never won a state championship, all the excitement there. They came back Friday night as they were making their way back off the ramp there uh, from the interstate. The fireworks started going off, and uh, Noah he'll talk to us a little bit about that as well. Yeah. And uh, I'm proud of those boys. And uh, uh, it, it was it was pretty nice to try to get this uh, interview set up um, and, and to get it together. And I'm I'm so glad that it's uh, finally going to happen. Um, they's call it going to call in at the bottom of the hour at 7:30. And for for us to just hear from him. Um, and and I tell you, one of the things that we're probably going to talk about is his uh, his brother is probably his biggest advocate, Ty Bell. He he was a quarterback, I think. Um, for for the Saluda team uh, a couple of years ago, and he was um, he was very adamant um, about about his brother Noah that you know he has two offers or three offers now, but three offers no D one and like just the stats that that he has they they don't lie. Well, you, you got to be careful with stats. So stats can lie sometimes. Now I'm not saying they do with this young man because uh, we know it doesn't lie is film. Film doesn't lie. You, you watch somebody one-on-one, that's something that, that – and I get into this all the time with a lot of guys because I, I am that guy, and I've been known at times to say stats don't lie. Well, sometimes they do not lie, but they kind of misconstrued the truth a little bit. And have, it you seen his, the talent. have you seen his film? Oh, you didn't say film. You said his stats. So, there, that's, so what I'm saying going forward, think about that. Just think about the stats because I'm going to use a guy – no, I'm not going to use his name. There was a guy that came to the University of South Carolina. He was a stud by the paperwork he got south carolina guess what happened was not what we thought he was because the level of talent he played might have been different something there of course padded those stats a little bit so uh you know that's kind of a uh, an old wives tale if you will about stats and lying and i, I i'm guilty of it too because i said it about a month ago and somebody called me out and i was like yeah no my bad 
but now I will give Noah Bell credit. This kid is a gamer. I, I think he takes the team on his own shoulders. I watched his film. I watched the way that not only he's able to sit in the pocket, he trusts his offensive line to keep him protected there. He's also able to step up in that pocket and make a pass that, quite frankly, a lot of quarterbacks can't make. Then he also has the ability to get out of there, get around, and get enough to get a first down. So there are things about him that I like. I just I'm, I'm real quick to stop people from from saying that stats don't lie because I learned the hard way. And I had a guy tell me one time, okay, let me show you what the stats look like. And we looked at the stats, and then we turned and looked to the right and started watching his game film. And I was like, this is the same guy. Well, yeah, this is no, it's not the same guy because. He still looked good, but, but you have to look at who he's going against. There's so many different things that these guys break down at rivals and, and different, you know, recruiting processes that they look at. Of course, I'm very fortunate to be around a lot of old school coaches that teach me a lot of things that they were taught when they were growing up. Uh, but Noah Bell is the real deal. And, and this happens all the time. You know, Luke, Luke Taylor is one of those guys. He's a linebacker for the uh, Somerville. Doesn't have uh, but a handful of offers. So we'll wait and see kind of you know, where he lands as well. But there's so many guys that get overlooked because there's just only so many places to land these kids. And a lot of these kids think that they're Division One, And quite frankly, you got to get in where you fit in. You grow from where you're planted. That's kind of my thing. All right, so that's hour number one. You know, we're going to have two quarterbacks there. Starting off at hour number two, this is a big deal for me. I'm excited. I had a chance to hang out with KB over the weekend on Saturday night. Kelly Bryant, the former Missouri slash Clemson quarterback, now in the draft coming up. Uh, where will he go? Where will he land? Well, he's going to land at Southern Sports Central at 8 o'clock. That's going to be the cool thing there. He's a former quarterback of Wren High School, uh, that that football factory, that quarterback you up there in the upstate Piedmont, South Carolina. Uh, he'll talk to us about his walk, his talk, his days at Wren, all the way to finishing up there at uh, the bright lights of uh, Columbia, Missouri, where he ended up in the SEC. Didn't go probably the way he thought it was going to go, but he stayed there with all the problems, and he had a chance to transfer, never left the program. So we'll talk to him about a lot of that and some more. And then uh, at, I'd say, 8.30, we're going to check out with uh, Mr. Joe Owens once again. And Joe, of course, uh, broke the record Saturday night, beat Myrtle Beach, uh, he is the quarterback, quite frankly, who I think is uh, really probably the, one of the most overlooked quarterbacks in the state uh, for what he's able to do, for what you watched him do, Will. You and I were there in the game on uh, on Saturday night as they lit up Myrtle Beach, the defending state champion, Myrtle Beach Seahawks. They he, he did everything that he needed to do to handle the business that was in front of him. He was able to not only throw dart after dart after dart and, and throw it in between multiple defenders i mean and i'm gonna tell you something the secondary at myrtle beach is good this is not a very it's not a bad defensive squad at all ran by jo who was the defensive coordinator jason owens it's very very impressive to see what this young man did yeah and um and all uh, credit to his defense as well for being able to uh slow down the the offense of myrtle beach uh and the seahawks over there but you know i tell you it's it's, it's pretty nice to um it was pretty great to see him um you know to, to play the game the way that he did and uh, and it was not so much it was not so much managing as it was uh, playmaking because he did both and and it was incredible to be able to watch him um, and and you know we we were standing next to Kelly Bryant uh, for most of the game uh, or for most of the second half I know that I was and um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of continue that conversation uh, with him at the top of uh, the eight o'clock hour and then uh, transition from one Wren High School uh, for, former Wren High School quarterback to uh, the one that just won a state championship. And, and if you're if you're just joining us for the first time, 
uh, we, we shall mention this as well, that Wren High School, they won their first ever state championship, and that's pretty historic for Joe Owens to be able to say that, hey, I was a quarterback to do this. Yeah, there's two teams that are going to come on here today that have rings for the first time. Noah Bell's going to bring out Saluda, and, of course, we'll come back in here with uh, Mr. Joe Owens. So we're going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to Chapman, South Carolina, and that's going to be a great interview with a quarterback who, by the way, became a sensation over there on uh, Twitter. He uh, was retweeted multiple times. They get off the bus, he stands on the stage, and he took it all in. They will get the uh, the five-star tailgating celebration post-game right here on Southern Sports Central coming up next. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Block Talk Radio. I'm Rich Hillman here waiting on our quarterback to show up from uh, Chapman, South Carolina. Of course, uh, Inman is actually the, the location of this high school, uh, a, a very good high school. 
indeed as they win their very uh, first perfect season, their second overall state championship, Will. Yeah, and uh, we, we were talking about it, that uh, for this young man to win his uh, first championship his freshman year, uh, do we know if he started his freshman year at all? I don't know. I know he's got a ring. Yeah. We'll have to find out when we get him in here in a second here. Trying to yeah, get that's a perfect question to ask then. Yeah, it's one um, of many. Yeah, but it, like, as you're working on that, I'm, I'll kind of go on a little more. Yeah, his senior year, um, you know, his final year to uh, win a championship ring, it, it's pretty incredible to do and not, not many – um, not many players can get to say that they won uh, two championships, uh, let alone one, you know, in, in their, in, in their careers. And, um, you know, Dutch Forks, uh, Dutch Forks guys, they won four in a row. And those, those seniors there, they, they have, they have all four fingers uh, with, with championship rings. I, I, the one thing that I did want to mention was that at that, uh, at the Dutch Fork and uh Dorman championship game uh, in the afternoon on Saturday, that, um, right before that they presented the trophy to Dutch Fork. Um, one of the Silver Fox players had uh, three rings on his finger, um, uh, all on his fingers. And they were, it was pretty incredible to um, kind of witness that. And I'm, um, I don't know, just a, just a display of um, di- just a sheer display of dominance, really, if you will. Um, but yeah, none, I mean, nonetheless, going back to, to Chapman high school um, and, and the, the ability that they had to uh, just, just completely roll over um, the Dylan Wildcats over there. Uh, so just kind of want to go on this a little one more time that they win 44 to 14. Um, and it, I mean, it was Chapman's game all the way. They scored uh, the first three times uh, in the first quarter there. And uh, there was one, uh, there was one kick that failed, but they went up 20 to nothing in the first quarter. And it was really all Chapman, um, all Panthers all day from then on out. Yeah, a huge day for, of course, uh, a team that you, you didn't know much about if you're from the lower state. Of course, you know, we've heard about these guys. We understand that these guys have played some great football in the past. But, uh, you know, when you kind of look at – I would guess the the big thing is, is to see whether or not the, this this team is going to finish through and, and follow through where they were going to go, of course. And, and we'll kind of wait and see. Now, I believe we do have him now mic'd up, and he's on the bus. He's ready to have a conversation with us. and. Without um, further ado, we're going to travel up all the way to Emmons, South Carolina. We'll hang out with that starting quarterback, Michaeli Calasarios. He is going to join us now. Top of the morning, sir. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. How you doing? Good, man. We woke you up. We got you moving. I know it's early. We greatly appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, if I could, I'd send you a nice glass of orange juice to get your blood moving a little bit here this morning. Uh man, I tell you, you're still celebrating, but hey, look, I get it, man. So for you to give us that seven fourteen time frame, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Let's let's get you in and get you out and get you back to what you need to do here this morning, man. First of all, congratulations! What a successful career you had in high school there. Four years, two rings, an undefeated season, a couple fireworks getting shot at. The world's greatest tailgate or post game event. There's your standing. Uh, on the stage and uh, just taking it all in. You gave us all an opportunity to take it in with you. I thought that was incredible. Uh, but uh, first of all, tell us your school. Tell us, you know, everything about us that uh, that we need to know there about a school that we have learned to love and, and watched you guys dominate the 2019 season in 3A high school football here in the state of South Carolina. Yeah, so I, I go to Chapman High School, and it's in Inman, South Carolina, which is a part of Spartanburg County. Uh, really, really small town. Um, it's it's really just like, 
really just like how, you know, a movie would portray a, a small-town football team, you know. But, um, yeah, so after the game, they did it my sophomore year when we went to state and and my freshman year. So we kind of knew coming back to Inman that they were all going to be out there. And uh, we rolled up to town, and there were, you know, um, like uh, police officers and fire trucks and stuff. And so they had like a little parade, and then we stopped in the middle of downtown and got out and got to see our families and all that. So it was really, really special. Live right now with the starting quarterback, the MVP of the night in the 3A battle. Is again, uh, these guys saw the Dylan Wildcats come in here and, and uh, boy, they put him down in fashion. Put 20 on the board in the first quarter, seven on the board in the second quarter. Defensively, just as good for these guys over here, the Panthers, as they only gave up seven in the first half. So they go in there 27 to 70. Nice lead. They shut them out again in the third quarter. Why, of course, uh, the Panthers put up seven on the board. That made it 27. 27, excuse me, 10 on the third quarter. That made, of course, uh, 37 to 7. And then you were able to give up only seven points in the fourth quarter. You guys put up seven and ends up 44 14, the final there. Uh, man, you know, what an experience has got to be, though. You guys come in here, the third seed. We talked about this in the intro. Uh, I, I believe one of the only third seeds that come in uh, in any of these classifications in, in, in the high school state championship games but uh, you do it the way that of course uh, the storyline would only want you to do it was almost a disney movie if you will you guys come in you're you're you've lost three games on the season that doesn't slow you down you know there's a perfect season coming ahead of you if you do that you get the championship game and then you get a chance to make some history there you did exactly that 12 and 3 was your finish there you went in your second state championship and uh, four years and second one of, uh, I believe, of the career of the school there. Of course, one of them you won was uh, dated back in, of course, uh, your freshman year. Then you won it again your senior year. And uh, the only perfect season you had there, of course, um, was this year. You guys went 15-0. and 0. Yeah, man, it was it was awesome my freshman year because it, it was the first state championship for the, for the school. First state championship in a boys' sport ever. So it was really kind of a big deal. And then this year to do it again, just uh, having an undefeated season, you know, really being the only team in the state to go 15 and 0, because Dutch Fork had that that game they tied with Mallard Creek. So you know, not a lot of people can say they went 15 and 0 this year. So it's really really cool, special. I'm really really happy for our community. Uh, stuff like this don't happen much around here, so we're really just trying to take it all in. No doubt about it. It's like a Friday Night Lights mixed in a little bit with uh, Remember the Titans is kind of what I'm feeling like. I mean, you guys probably have a pork chop sitting somewhere. You would be Moxie, of course, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the movie known as, uh, you know, the boys of, uh, of the Panthers. But uh, when you look at this thing, uh, McKaylee, tell us a little bit more about you, though, man. You, you, did you grow up as the ball boy over there? Did you kind of hang out on a Friday night? Mom and Dad kind of walked you in. Did you have an old brother and a sibling there that kind of maybe you followed through or somebody there that kind of motivated you to be that guy? Because to be the quarterback in any town is a big deal. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It, it comes with a lot of responsibilities, right, a lot of pressure. Uh, but being a small town, I mean, we've all seen the movies. We've all watched it. And they don't make many movies about offensive linemen. No offense to those big guys, but we need them to. I mean, I'm not saying they, they shouldn't. They just don't. Uh, they don't make many of them about wide receivers. Usually that's a 30 for 30, but they will make a great movie about a quarterback named Sunshine. 
uh, that ends up going to the University of South Carolina. They will make a quarterback about Moxie, who's in the state of Texas, that by God, he just doesn't do anything but eat, breathe, sleep, Texas football. His dad was a great quarterback. His granddaddy was a great quarterback. That kind of storyline. I can only imagine in a place that you live in right now, in Inman, South Carolina, man, it's got to be pretty close to what you saw in some of those movie scenes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So my past was kind of unique to Chapman. So I actually grew up in Bowling Springs. So I grew up with a lot of those guys over there. And then my freshman year was my first year at Chapman, actually. So it was kind of cool. I was I was uh, the backup quarterback, and I got to experience the state championship. I didn't play a whole lot, but, you know, still got to experience all that. And then – the spring of my freshman year, I actually tore my shoulder. So I had shoulder surgery spring of my freshman year. Didn't play a whole lot again my sophomore year just because I was dealing with all that. And then, you know, towards the end, I was able to throw a little bit. And my sophomore year, we actually went back to the state championship again. And um, at halftime, our quarterback can't go. So my first real real experience getting any, you know, playing time more than just some garbage time at the end of the game was the state championship my sophomore year. And, man, I just played terrible. <laughs> so, you know, after that game, we lost, I think it was 55, 55-20-something. I can't really remember the score exactly. But after that game, you know, you want to talk about feeling some pressure from the community to have a good year the next year, you know, being in a small town, you know, you you know what everybody's saying. And, you know, I think not everybody really understood the situation on my shoulder where I didn't prepare or I didn't have the opportunity to prepare for the game. You know, I didn't do any seven-on-sevens or anything like that. So coming back my junior year, we had a good year, but still couldn't really get it done. And it was kind of uh, after that season, I posted something on Twitter where I was like, Hey, I was like, everyone should be patient with us. I said, we're going to be back in the state championship game. Just, you know, be patient. And this year, we were able to get back. We were able to win. So it was really, really special for me kind of getting able to redeem myself because, you know, that sophomore season when I went in, we had a ton of seniors. When I when we won it my freshman year, the whole, the whole uh, junior class was coming back, basically. So – we had a lot of returners and we weren't able to win it, but to uh, to win it again this year was really really special for me and it was really really special for our team because you know I think everybody in my class felt that way. We all felt kind of responsible for that loss, so you know it was really really special for me. You know being in a small town, the whole community you know coming out after the game, it, it was just really cool. No doubt about it. Here as we are live right now with uh, Chapman's very own. Uh, starting quarterback, he is the uh, player of the game here, did some great things uh, over the uh, over this adventure. And I would say, uh, without doubt, my man, you have uh, you've shown every bit of uh, the energy, uh, all the effort that you put in there. Of course, uh, watching you unload on a team uh, like the Dillon Wildcats that I've grown up knowing, because back in my day, they were in our, re- in our region and in uh, the classification of 4A football. There was no 5A football, but, of course, uh, your numbers – you know, there they are, 14 for 19, 219 yards, two touchdowns, your longest pass of the night, 38. Uh, you were able to run around a little bit there on the ground, become a little bit of a dual threat, but uh, you just had enough. You took care of business. Your defense, I thought, looked really good. 
only giving up 14 points, uh, putting you guys in, I would say, really good position to score. And, uh, you know, that's why it's a team sport, and uh, you, get, you did just that. Now, before I get you out here, you've already committed yourself to, of course, uh, the likes of Georgia State. And I had a chance to talk to your brand-new coach over there and your recruiting coordinating coach over there with uh, those guys. And I believe the name, I, I don't think you guys changed the mascots. It's the same name as it is at Georgia yeah. State as it is over there with what you guys are doing over there at Chapman. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, it was kind of cool. I saw a headline whenever I like announced I committed, and it was like McKay Calcetto Panther through and through. I was like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I'm still gonna be a Panther. But yeah, so had a great relationship with Coach Steph and Coach Elliott through the whole kind of recruiting process. And it was kind of unique. So Georgia State started recruiting me at the end of my sophomore year, and the uh, or I'm sorry, the end of my junior year. And the offensive coordinator at the time was Travis Chicken. Well, he ends up leaving to take a job at West Virginia as an analyst or position coach or something. I don't remember. But they didn't have an OC. So Josh Stepp basically, even though he coaches tight ends, he was basically recruiting me the whole time throughout the recruiting process. I didn't meet Coach Glenn until mm, maybe like a day or two before they offered me. I went to a junior day, and it was actually his first day on the job I met um, Coach Glenn, who used to be the offensive coordinator at Western Carolina, but me and him just hit it off, and they offered me two days later, and, you know, I just kind of always had a feeling that it was the right spot for me. Um, really, really just get along great with those guys. They're, uh, they really got spe- something special going on down there. Yeah, no doubt about it. I've had a chance to uh, get to know Coach Elliott pretty well. Now, he's a, Car- he's a South Carolina guy. Like a lot of guys on that staff over there, and you and I talked about this yesterday and into the evening last night, how it has that Palmetto feeling. It's a home feeling all the way in Atlanta, Georgia, a big city, but yet still has a small-town charm there on campus. He grew up over in Camden, South Carolina, so he's he's been there before. He understands it, and he's a, I would say he's without a doubt. He's a player's coach. Uh, anybody that would headbutt or, 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 or really kind of rustle there with your – your guys on the field, that's pretty cool. And I watched him do it a couple of weeks ago with one of his players as they were stretching. The player went after him, and he went back after him. And to me, that's the relationship that you want, right? I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think I'd really want to wrestle that guy because he does have those eyes like, get me, and uh, you'll regret it. But uh, nevertheless, uh, he's always that coach, and I think you're going to enjoy playing for him without a doubt. We're actually already scheduled to make a couple of trips during the summertime. He invited us to come over and be a part of their festivities uh, during the season. He said they'd make sure we're taken care of. So you may see us, you will see us uh, in your uh, freshman year over there on campus. Uh, one final thing before I get you out here, bud, man. You get off the bus, you look around the crowd, you stand on the stage, you put on, I believe it was Twitter Live, and, man, it was as advertised. Just watching your facial expressions, I thought it was classic. First of all, I thought you were in Disney World, I, you know, after you win the Super Bowl. They always say, what are you going to do next? And everybody goes to the Super They go to Disney World. You guys went back to Inman, South Carolina, and celebrated like it was 1999. I mean, it was, I thought, <laughs> as advertised of anything. I mean, I can only imagine Small Town USA, Friday Night Lights. Uh, man, if they don't use that as a documentary and put you guys in that, that would be a shame. Yeah, it was, it was oh, sorry, my dog was barking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was. It was incredible, you know, just, you know, feeling the love and support from the community. I kind of right. had an idea that there would be a lot of people out there, but I wasn't prepared for that. And I just felt <laughs> like I, uh, 
I need to show the world what we had going on then. Well, let me tell you one thing. It was awesome to see. And the other thing I learned today, just in this little bit of an interview here, I didn't realize you had the connections to Boylan Springs. It makes sense that you're a good quarterback. I mean, you guys, uh, the pipeline, that water line is pretty strong. Phil Petty, of course, played for the Gamecocks. The Thompson brothers, one played for the Gamecocks. I mean, you're talking about so much talent, so much ability. And uh, you took that over there to a small town, Inman, South Carolina, Spartanburg County, if I'm not mistaken, like you had mentioned. And you did exactly mm-hmm. what I thought you'd do. And you looked incredible doing it. I hate to see you leave the state, but I can't wait to watch you light it up on Saturdays and any other day that the Panthers are playing over there at Georgia State. Man, thanks for your time. Uh, tell your parents thanks for letting you get up early with us and hang out. Tell your coaches, tell your players, hey, man, this is your show. Call in. Let's talk to you guys. We'd love to hear from anybody over there that wants to get in. Uh, we'd love to have the opportunity to have you guys on the, on the air with us. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. I had a good time. That is true, my friend. We'll talk to you. We'll try to get you in here in a couple of weeks, man, when some of this stuff kind of wears off. And I'd like to get you around signing day. Uh, I believe that's coming up on the 18th. Um, maybe have you around then again with us and then have you another couple, two or three, four hundred times in between now and the time you get to campus. But uh, let's make this a regular deal and uh, go out there and enjoy, man. Embrace this moment, bro. This is something that some kids never get a chance to do, and you've done it now twice, but you did it in a perfect season, and that, my friend, is incredible alone. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Y'all have a good one. You too. Thank you very much. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. A uh, round of applause for the man, the myth, and the new legend in Inman, South Carolina. If you ride through the lights of that town, you'll see uh, a bunch of five-star studs running around. Of course, uh, Chapman, South Carolina is uh, the high school, or actually the high school. It's Inman, South Carolina is the location, and McKaylee Calisario is the senior quarterback. He is heading to Georgia State, he'll be playing for the Panthers there. He's a little, I don't know if he was a baby Panther, but he's definitely going to be a big boy Panther over at Georgia State. Those guys beat the uh, Tennessee Volunteers just a uh, just less than a, few, a month or so ago. Uh, but Coach Elliott and his staff have really come through the state of South Carolina and utilized a lot of grassroots from a lot of their coaches to get some of our uh, studs out of here and put them in their, in their college campus. So we got to take a break. It's coming up next. Noah Bell is going to join us, right? So we're ready to rock and roll, and we're going to head to Saluda. Yep, they won a state championship, and we got their quarterback coming up next right here on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network family. I can't go by, yeah. On something, on something, on something, I want to buy, yeah. Don't touch me, 
winning the first uh, state championship in 56 years for uh, that small town over there. Listen, man, um, just the the way that Coach Young and and I and I know, of course, you know, I know this this team um, sort of well, and I know Coach Young well, and mm-hmm. for for his ability to basically rally the troops through whatever whatever adversity is going on, and that was evident in Abbeville. And, and I think that that was um, the sermon that was preached by him all week leading up to Friday night at, at Benedict college to, to play a uh, Barnwell Warhorse team that, that we saw uh, dismantle um, Oceanside collegiate Academy the Friday before. And, and I, and I mean, I, I sent out this, um, I sent out this thing. Uh, I sent out this picture to some people that I knew. And I said, look, you you just um you just crashed their party because Barnwell was expecting an Abbeville team they want they were expecting to play an Abbeville team, and and they've been working all year to to get to that moment to get back to a state championship and, and to prove something, and you guys crashed their party, and 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 it's and it's completely no no fault because you you guys clearly deserved it coming back and and winning that game in in the upper state championship, but going back on Coach Young yes, for for his ability to rally the troops like just 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 uh, give 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 us the inside scoop as to as to what that sounds like uh you know coach young you know he's he's very big on discipline and uh and so he was you know we have a standard we uh just be disciplined be prepared and be a family and uh you know family stands for forget about me i love you and uh you know he really just preached that throughout the whole season and uh when we face some adversity you know with them two losses at the end of the season he said that's going to happen in life he said he said but how are you going to respond to it are you just going to just going to give up and uh you know just you know take your losses you know get past first second round you know hometown be happy or whatever are you going to are you going to man up and you're going to you're going to stand up to adversity and uh get the job done and the whole team really embodied that uh the standard and um you know, we just we just wanted it more, and we knew we had a shot at we knew we had a shot at winning the whole thing. And uh, yeah, he just made sure the team believed, made sure we we're having fun, and uh, it, it showed Friday. Live right now with Noah Bell. Noah, I do have to say that I believe that your older brother Ty is is your strongest advocate because he he was uh, advocating <laughs> for you yesterday on on Twitter. I saw it, and uh, let me let me those up as a matter of fact because he um he he made he made some very great points i I do have to say so uh, myself so um this is what he tweeted out noah bell's south carolina football state record second all-time completions in a game at 39 versus the number one team in the state third all-time with career touchdowns 154 fourth all-time with total single season touchdowns uh with 65 Sixth all-time single-season passing touchdowns at 49, and seventh all-time single-season completions with 285. And you are you are a uh, candidate for the Mr. Football Award, and you have uh, three offers now, actually. Uh, and you did not yes, make sir. the North South or the Shrine Bowl, and that they and and he was advocating for you basically that that the coaches for those games uh, passed up on on the talent that that is you, um, like just. Uh, I know, I know that that brotherhood that that you two share, and and just with uh, with with your family, just kind of kind of tell us about that, man. Yeah, so 
you know, family, you know, Ty and Austin, my my two brothers, you know, they uh they're for sure one of my biggest fans, and you know, they'll support me, um, whatever you know, whatever life brings our way. But uh, yeah, um, I really didn't, I really didn't know all them stats until he uh, posted that, and I was like, huh, is that is that real? <laughs> and so I had uh I had a chat with with uh uh whoever did the like stat book and uh but yeah so that was I figured, I thought that was pretty pretty cool of him to um do that for me but uh at the end of the day I'm just trying to you know just I know God has a plan and um you know I'm not too not too worried about all that um I know offers are going to come hopefully and um if they're not like you said I got 3 to uh, make a decision on and uh, I couldn't be more happy with it Hey, buddy, Richie Allman over here on the other side. Uh, I figured I would chime in a little bit with you. I, I, of course, you know, i got to give it to Will here. This is his hometown. Uh, man, he's been getting right. since Friday night. I, I can only imagine if he's as excited, man. You guys and, 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 and of course, uh, Salute has got to be bouncing off the wall because I've had to maintain and kind of keep this guy here in check. But he's uh, definitely he's worn that hat around town. And everybody's like, man, what, what does That's that right. hat mean? You know? It does have an S on it, which so does Somerville, but it's it's a different color hat, but nevertheless um, – you know, that's, it's a big deal, and you and I talked last night on the phone and uh, setting up this interview. Uh, so so you're, you're up for the uh, Mr. Football Award. Now, they were, uh, I believe they hand that out. They recognize and, and they hand out that award at the uh, North-South game on Saturday. Is that right? Is that what you're told, or, or do you guys hear about this yes, before sir. it's announced? Yes, sir. I have to, uh, I have to go uh, to the North-South game, and then I think we're going to go on the field at halftime, and then they're going to announce Ooh. it there. So you do know what that means. That means on Saturday morning you're going to locate me and you and I are going to get back on this thing called the radio again. But you'll at least get to do it with me there. <laughs> Willie will hear because I don't know he would be uh, – it's kind of like a groupie, man. You know, if you ever see the bands, you know, they go around, they've got these groupies that go around, <laughs> they scream and they wave their their hand in their face. I, I just might have to ask you for your autograph. <laughs> <laughs> he would be so excited. I mean, but that's cool though, man, right? I mean, that's part of it. But, yeah, we're going to actually be on the ground. We may be there Friday doing a show. I, I would be there. Will's going to stay here in the studio. And then I would come up Saturday. That's my hometown, so I always take a chance, take an opportunity to come home. This just gives me a great reason to be around you and so many other great guys that are going to be up there. But so your three offers, by the way, Erskine, Wingate, and and Newberry. Uh, Newberry came what I believe yesterday. Um, Yes. And let me tell you this, man. It's this is what's going to happen. Now that you get one or two, you're going to get three or four, and then more, and then more and more. So what happens is is that these guys, uh, they, they offer their guys here, there, and anywhere, and then they go back to the drawing board, if you will, at this time of the season and say, cool, we got this kid over here, Noah Bell, who's got this record here, who's done this here. He is, like we just talked to a kid from Inman, South Carolina. They won their, uh, I believe they won their 3A uh, championship mm-hmm. game there. And uh, same thing, man. I mean, the upstate, you guys, as as you have done here in the past, y'all are, y'all are represented well in the uh, state championship games by winning – uh, and taking home the trophies. Uh, I think, uh, of course, uh, the first one uh, was 1A. That was headed back to the lower state, and 5A was headed to the lower state. Everything in between, that sandwich goes back up to the other state. So uh, that just kind of speaks about it. What do you think it is? Let me ask you this now. And, and, and I, I don't want you to just look at what you guys did Saturday because you guys had a, a, a man game on Saturday by uh, handling business. But when, when, when you look at it o- overall, what do you think it is about the upstate that, that separates them from the lower state? Why does it seem to us 
at this point, minus in 5A, because Dutch Fork has dominated for the last four years. Fort Dorchester won it the year before that, so it's stayed in the lower state for the last five years. But everything else, and, and I'd say 4A has been kind of back and forth, but that 3A to 1A, it, it's been pretty heavy giving up to the upstate. What what are you guys up there doing, man? Just playing, eat, sleep, breathing football 24-7? <laughs> I don't – I don't know. I don't know the secret formula, but uh, but I do know that uh, our region, you know, as far as two A, our region's one of one of the toughest regions and uh, in the state for that classification. You know, between us and Abbeville, uh, Batesburg, ninety six, you know, all of them Fox Creek, and uh, but I don't know. I just it just feels like our the upstate's brand of football is just you know just tough and has a lot of grit and. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes the, you know, the ball just rolls your way. Sometimes, and uh, I just, like I said, I don't, there ain't no secret formula I could give you, but uh, it just seems to, seems to be that way sometimes. Live right now, the starting quarterback of the Saluda High School. They get their first state championship for 60 years, I believe, was the number that we were told here. Uh, they do it in fashion. Third seed, man, that's that's huge. You guys, you and I talked last night too about how cool it had to be. You guys decided, all right, let's 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 make a story headline here and uh, let's embrace the underdog and, and let's just be the big dog when it's all said and done. Uh, and you did that. And I, and I mentioned this just moments ago uh, to our previous interview, and I'm going to say the same thing he- echoing it here. Small Town USA is some of the best football USA to us here on Southern Sports Central. We love every bit of it. Uh, you guys went against a team that, that we got to see out of Barnwell, South Carolina. Barnwell, uh, the War Horses uh, quarterback, I thought, you know, had a great year as well. But this is what happens. Barnwell's been there before. They went in here with expectations. You guys have not been here before. And sometimes, again, they talk about this in the job place. You'd rather get a guy without experience so you, you can teach him what to do than rather than get a guy that's got that experience and comes in with a few habits, give or take a little bit there. Uh, you knew the headliner that was going in here. You and I talked about you guys were the underdog the entire way through. Tell us about that, and, and you gave me some numbers, I believe, last night of what kind of was impressive to me that makes this win mm-hmm. even more special there. We, uh, yeah, so we're underdogs. You know, throughout, like like I mentioned earlier in this interview, you know, we, we lost the last two games of the region, so that made us third seed. So we uh, played, we played Blacksburg at home. We are fortunate enough to get a home playoff thing. And uh, so it was nice that, you know, we knew it was our last um, home game, last time playing at Bettis Hurlong. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And then we had to travel to Buford. And, uh, you know, we took care of business. And like I said, we were 21-point underdogs to Southside. And, um, and yeah, like the first time we played them, it was, I think, 13 to 16. And uh, they beat us. They beat us the first time, and then we got a little a little revenge back um, the second time, and it was a shootout. I think it was fifty six to forty two, and then um, and then we had you know Abbeville, and you know what happened there. We were twenty two point underdogs, and I uh, came back and won it. And then Barnwell, we were nine point underdogs, and uh, we're fortunate enough to win that game too. And uh, so yeah, we just embraced the underdog mentality, and. Uh, we and you know, we just told ourselves, why not us? I mean, somebody's got to win, so why not us? And uh, I think I think our team showed a lot of you know grit and a lot just a lot of you know desire to win. I think uh, I think we wanted it more, um, and I think that was evident throughout the playoffs. 
Live right now with the starting quarterback, a championship quarterback. Noah Bell gets his first ever championship ring, but don't worry, he does it for the entire town of Saluda. And Saluda High School, of course, uh, is uh, the conversation here today. Uh, I do want to thank you for your time this morning. I know that it's always a, a very busy uh, time right after winning a championship. You guys are, are pulled in different areas. A lot of people wanting to write articles about you. A lot of people want to get you in the radio world here and, and just express the opportunity to get that same feeling, that same emotion, that same storyline out to the public here. And now we've read about you. We've seen you. Now they can say they've heard you right here on Southern Sports Central. I do want to catch up with you. I've got your number, so I'll do that uh, with you sometime today. I'm trying to schedule something together with you on Saturday. I'd imagine uh, you'll get to the uh, stadium over there on Saturday, and, and they'll announce Mr. Football coming up here. Uh, I think they do it at halftime, if I'm not mistaken there. So, uh, you and I will check in before that because we're on the air live from 8 to 10. So we'll do that, and uh, you and I will have a chance to kind of hang out a little bit, man, talk a little football, and uh, hopefully see if you get another piece of hardware before you call it ends, man. But wherever you land, you're going to do awesome. I'm not worried about that, my friend. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Some of the greatest quarterbacks didn't come from the greatest universities. They came from smaller universities. They came from other places. So just understand that. Because I remember I've seen Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks be some of the biggest flops in the college, in the NFL. Uh, you know, so just kind of embrace that. Remember, even the great Brett Favre did not go to, you know, the biggest school in Mississippi, right? He didn't. He went to a smaller school, and a lot of these guys uh, did also the same thing, some of the great ones that we see day in and day out in the NFL. But I know you're going to be great wherever you land. Uh, if you'd like to come in here and announce where you're going on air, we'd love to have you. We'll do a big, huge party for you. We'll throw it together. I will try to keep Will in his place there. Uh, may have to put him in a little stray jacket, but uh, he'll be excited as he's been all weekend, man. I mean, this kid is, God knows, he is like the biggest ambassador for Saluda, South Carolina, man. This guy, I've never seen so much purple, and uh, he is definitely a proud fan here, and he's definitely proud of you, as we all are. And uh, I know you said your brother, man, that, that family bond is huge. But, um, you know, I know a bunch of cats already sitting over there at Newberry. They're playing uh, from this area right here in the low country. They'd love to have you be a part of their family. Trust and believe me. I've got a running back that I know from Stratford High School, a wide receiver you would throw to uh, that's over there, and a ton of other guys uh, that are there just getting better day after day after day. And uh, I don't know as much about some of those other schools. Wingate, I know they're up and coming. They just had a stout season. I do know that much. And Erskine College is starting their thing up and running. Man, you could be a part of a huge, I would say, foundation-building program like that which we also have some handful of our guys over there as well in the uh, low country so uh will i'll let you send them off because i know you got it you, you had the opportunity to get them in here but uh for me to you my brother we'll see you on saturday noah great job well done congratulations on the championship and uh being the mvp of the game on friday night my friend uh, well thank you yes sir i appreciate it thanks for having me all right Noah, and uh we we will certainly uh hope to hear from you soon so uh, you take care and uh, spread the word. Uh, have have some of the Saluda community uh, listen to this uh, show. The good thing about this show is that once it's over, it saves in a podcast format. You can go back and listen to it later. So uh, just, uh, you know, spread the word, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you, man. All right, sounds good. Go Tigers. <laughs> go Tigers. Not bad at all there. Noah did a great job. Noah, but he, did, he did sound like Moxie. Right. Yeah, my, he was Moxie. very, very that Moxie off of Friday Night Lights. No, it does. I mean, yeah. You know, it's funny because I was sitting there. We were, we watched that whole game, and, and he and I were laughing last night on Saluda. Now, 
Mm-hmm. There's two announcers there, uh, you know, and, and it's. It, man, I love. It, I, I mean, I mean, I love. Well, them. you're from there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I love them, and yeah. I, I, I love oh, them because man. it's. I didn't, I didn't get to talk to them about the huddle house. Oh yeah, the huddle oh, house. God, the huddle house. Well, it's it's okay because um, it's not open. It's not open anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just talk about talk about the, the the what is it the Wendy's and the Jenny's or what what was the Wendy's and Judy's. Judy's there it is. Yeah. Not Judy's, it's Judy's. Yeah. Oh, but I, I, I it's it's awesome to you know talk to. Uh, to talk to Noah and uh, finally finally get somebody from Saluda uh, in on the show. Sure. We, we we've been working hard trying to get uh, trying to get somebody, whether it be uh, Coach Young or Noah Noah himself. And Noah came through. Um, you know, we have the uh, the wide receiver Dallin Wright, and he I think that he's looking at um, NC State or NC State's looking at him. I can't confirm that for sure. That's just somebody's the, got the word. Eye on somebody. Over there. Yeah, that's the word yeah. on the street. But um, you know, it's just the just the just an all-around uh, great young man that Noah that Noah is, and um, you know, and I, I haven't I haven't personally had a conversation with him in, in a long time, but um, just just from that interview, um, that was a lot of uh, a lot of catching up, if you will. Yeah, that, that, and that and that, that was awesome. Well, and it gave you a chance to do something again. You know, the, we we at times get wrapped up into everything that we do, Will, and, I, and the one thing I wanted to do is give you the opportunity to bring him in to interview the guy and to kind of. Have that moment, man, because you've started doing this. Uh, you know, you do a lot of PA stuff there in that town. You brought some of that talent here in the low country, which we've been able to find you a home to do that. And then I'm kind of breaking you in here in the radio side, which is nothing. You know, it has some similarities, but it's so different here to what we do because there's different ways to do things and, and so on and so forth. But it's a great way for you to get, I think, one of your first interviews kind of done. Yeah, and I'll, this is a perfect example, this perfect metaphor here for yeah. uh, PA that I used to do versus, or that, or that I still do it. I, I'll, I'll have an opportunity for Somerville baseball this upcoming spring, but um, from PA to radio, PA is when you're driving down the street and there's stop signs every single block and then right. you're, you're, you're going and then you stop Then yeah. you go in again, then you stop right with radio. It's about like you're driving on the interstate that you, that you just continue it's to keep going, going and going. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's it's unique and it's it's a lot of fun and it's good. It's really good, especially for me that this uh, career, the aspirations that I'm trying to you know um, trying to chase. Sure. And uh, and I've mentioned it on the show before, and I'll say it here again. I'm I'm super appreciative and super thankful for the opportunity that you, of course, have given me um, to to jump in on this. And um, you know, things outside of this uh, show have allowed me to. Uh, come in here from seven to nine every morning, and um, you know, and I'm I'm fortunate to be a part of Southern Sports Central. No doubt about it. We're glad to have you. And of course, uh, we're going to head to a quick break, about two minutes away from top of the hour. We want to thank all of our guys that came in here. McKaylee Calisado came in here from uh, Chapman, South Carolina, and uh, well, Ch- Chapman High School. It's him in South Carolina as they win their big time state championship game. And again. Two championships in four years, 2015 to 2019. First ever perfect season came this year, 15-0. and 0. He's headed to, by the way, Georgia State. He'll be playing for a, a very good staff over there with the Panthers. We're excited to hear what he has going on uh, going into the future. Of course, uh, Noah Bell, he's going for the Mr. Football Award. He'll be told what's that about on Saturday at the North-South game. Of course, he'll stop by me and uh, where we're going to be positioned at there on location we'll have an interview again one time one more time with him we'll kind of get his thoughts and feelings of what that event's like there even though he's uh going there a little bit more of a visitor situation he does have some opportunities by the way to play in a couple of different um i would say all-star games one of them is the metro bowl and then the border bowl 
I think he's going to play in the uh, Border Bowl. But um, we'll, we'll wait and hear that answer maybe on Saturday. Of course, these guys come in here back during it. Third round, our third seed coming in here at twelve at uh, seven and three. They lost their last two region games, so that put them as a third seed. They fought their way back, being the underdog all the way through, and they went in big time fashion here. And again, I thought looked really good and beating the team uh, that Barnwell we knew very well. So they, of course, win the two-way state championship. Coming up top of the hour, Kelly Bryant, the former quarterback at Clemson. He finished up his days at Missouri as a Tiger there. So a lot of Tigers being talked about here on the show. Of course, uh, we'll talk to him about the transport portal. We'll talk to him about a lot of different things because he also was a quarterback over there at Wren. He was a Hurricane for a long time there and uh, did some big things as we'll, of course, uh, have him in here with us at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. Richie, I'm here live on Southern Sports Central. We are part of the Blog Talk Radio Family Network here on uh, this beautiful, I mean warm, set up to be a great day in Somerville, South Carolina. 80 degrees in December. Did you ever remember on the 10th day in 2019 it may hit a record? I I don't know. I don't like it. It's not my thing. Uh, You know, I like this time of year. There's only a few times a year uh, that I like it to be weather – what's the right word here? Let's just say this. I like it to be cold when it's Christmas. That's just the bottom line. Christmas, November, let it be cold. Everything under that. Warm, hot during the summertime, but not hot Charleston hot, because that's a different hot. That's like a walking into a wet paper bag hot. It's not the not the way you want to do it, but it's, again, it, it sure the heck beats cold and wet. I tell you, you want the weather uh, to be a sign of the times. You know, and it's cold, it's cold in Christmas and, and in the wintertime like it's supposed to be, and then um, I guess hot and sticky in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, especially down here in the Low Country, for sure. That that hot and sticky is um, that that that's not an exaggeration. I'm pretty sure I'm underselling it. Yeah, it's a uh, very hot now. Columbia, of course, is a different type of hot. The Cement City does its thing. Uh, on the Upstate, they've got their own style hot. I mean, but nevertheless, it's going to be a warm one here today. As we're waiting, hopefully here shortly, we'll get Kelly Bryant and will join us. Uh, he's uh, back home in the state of South Carolina after uh, spending some time over with the Missouri Tigers uh, in the SEC. And, of course, you know, there's so many questions if we get him in here with us this morning. He's scheduled to be with us around 8 o'clock this morning. You know, that, that I want to talk to him about. What was the transition from the SEC to the ACC? You hear all those conversations on so many different networks. 
Uh, what was it like to play for Dabo Sweeney? I can only imagine it had to be uh, pretty cool, pretty amazing. Uh, however, while everybody feels like he's like Mr. Rogers in the neighborhood, he also can be the other guy who, if you make him mad, just like anybody else, he's got another side of him that, uh, quite frankly, I can only uh, imagine through uh, what I've heard from some of his players and former players that, uh, that I've had a chance to talk to off the air and on the air here on Southern Sports Central that, look, he's a good dude when he's your dude, man, but when you make him mad, he's he is every bit of what he talked about with iron sharpening iron and the flames and the sparks that come across it, and uh, you've seen him do it there. Uh, on TV. Now, of course, uh, the Clemson Tigers are going to be doing their thing, playing against a very good Ohio State team coming up uh, in their bowl game uh, as uh, they were one of the final four teams. And then on the other side, it's LSU and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, uh, you know, has this kid named Jalen Hurst who is going to see LSU. And and for me, you know, I like Jalen. I I think this is going to be a battle of who wins this one could end up possibly, because I do think it's Boros. Heisman Trophy to lose. I feel like he's definitely in the driver's seat, and he's got a, a good half a block on these guys. However, uh, I'm not sure if it's a done-done deal yet. I, I think if Jalen Hurst can come in here and he can have a big day, he's going to have to have it in the air and on the ground. And lucky for him, I would say lucky for him, this LSU defense is not what LSU's defense has been in the past. We've seen that. We talked about that. It's documented that if there was ever a year that you wanted to go against this LSU side of the ball this would be it this is probably their most biggest down year they gave up a lot of points uh in the secondary and um at times didn't look as lsu-ish dbu is what we've seen in the past so we'll, we'll see how this thing works out and then on the other side of this one of course uh, clemson ohio state you know you know the quarterback over there clemson he's gotten better through the season i think he struggled a little bit coming out of the gate he had some of that sophomore slump if you will everybody had to learn who he was as a freshman, so he had that wow effect. But now they've seen enough film at him. He's got some things that they've kind of noticed. They've adjusted some defenses on him, but not enough because to the second half, man, he turned it up to about another nine gears and really lit up a lot of defense and secondary teams just throwing the ball in perfection. A touch like I've not seen him throw all year long, and he got better even against the Gamecocks. These guys are getting in stride, and he's running a perfect offense. I mean, coming out of the pocket, running in the pocket, probably not the best advice somebody gave him to take it and run with it, especially when you're up by 20 or 25 points. Uh, But he did that, and he did it in fashion. Uh, And then, of course, on the other side, Justin Fields, that quarterback, uh, he's having a great year. So this is a, I would say, a quarterback playoff system here. you got four great quarterbacks that are really, honestly, headlining all four of these uh, teams in all, uh, I would say, both of these games, Will. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight uh, with with quarterback play especially, and uh, um, I think each each of these teams they have uh, good position players uh, on the wide receiver and and with the running back. Um, I think that uh, Clemson Clemson and Ohio State that that two and three matchup uh, that's gonna be one to to watch because these are the the top two ranked uh, defenses in in stop rate in the country, and so you have. Um, two spectacular defenses going up against two uh, spectacular offenses. And um, just and you mentioned Heisman. Uh, it's, it's really cool that um, I read this according to um, at ESPN stats and, um, and info, the ESPN stats and information Twitter. They put out that, um, you know, Chase Young and Justin Fields are two players from Ohio State. Both are going to be considered um, for the Heisman Trophy. They are Heisman Trophy finalists along with, um, I think, I think Jalen Hurts and um, Joe Burrow. 
And so what was looked at, uh, they, they found out that it's the seventh time that two players from the same school have gone to um, the Heisman um, or have been nominated to be finalists for the Heisman Trophy. The first time in college football play or in college football history that you have two players on each side of the ball or, or one player on each side of the ball, one on offense that is um, that is Justin Fields and then Chase Young on the defensive side, which I think you know his, his history in the making and it's the 150th year of college football um, as we know it, and so. You know, take a look at that, and I, I just think it's incredible. And we, um, we have a we have a TV set up in the studio. It's on mute, but they're they're just uh, showing. I think the matchup between Ohio State and Clemson. They're just showing some numbers, um, and I think we're we're a little bit too late there. But you know, nonetheless, th- this this is the the topic of conversation of which uh, would it be which team produces more offense or which team can be able to stop the ball. You know, the way I look at it, you got two teams. They're 13-0. They're coming in here in the Fiesta Bowl. Again, for me, Ohio State's going to see, and they've seen probably better defensive teams. But when these two teams are going to kick off, by was it December 28th, I believe, is the kickoff. It's, it is their primetime game at 8 o'clock in the Fiesta Bowl. And, and yeah, everybody at Clemson, you're going to sit here and call in. You're going to tell me that, well, we've beaten Ohio State every year. This is not the same Ohio State team that you've seen in the past. It's a very good, I would say, overall really good team. However, you also bring a lot of talent on the offense. You've got a quarterback, receiver connection all over the field. You've got one of the best running backs in the game right now that he really, given the opportunity, he makes the most out of it. I mean, this kid is really, really good. But I would, I would say that number five on your receiving core is as good as any receiver I've seen out there. This kid catches it in the corners. He catches it on the sideline. He toes the line. He knows where the position of his feet are at all times. That way he gets inbounds. Those are the things I think that's going to kind of help these guys at Clemson because Overall, when you look at this thing, this game probably could be one of the better games, possibly. But then again, I, it's hard to say because I don't want to keep going back and forth with the other game. And, of course, uh, that one at Oklahoma and LSU because, uh, remember, there's so many – ah, man, these guys are still – even though Louisiana's down a little bit low and up to the left side going towards the west coast, you got Oklahoma hanging out over there. That one, that, that game has a lot of things there, the old Southwest Conference feeling to it, if you will. But Ohio State, it, it's funny because Clemson has, has, has really, I guess, the fan base have embraced the factor that, well, we've owned Ohio State. We've beaten them every year. This is just another game. We can't wait to see who we're going to play over there. We're probably going to play LSU. Well, we've beaten them too. And, and so I get it. Clemson fans right now a little salty right now, kind of feeling in their, in their own ways. But I'm telling you, defense against defense, they see a better offense day in and day out in the Big Ten than what you see in the ACC. It's it's just the way it is. There are better teams in the Big Ten than there are in the ACC. And again, Clemson comes in here and they manhandle a team like Ohio State. You're you're going to see it very quickly for me to go, wow, this this may be the best Clemson team ever if they manhandle uh, Ohio State because nobody's been able to do that. Now they've had some teams get close to it. We've seen some really good matchups, you know, but it hasn't been a very you know for the most part. I'd say Ohio State's pretty much kind of led all the way through. So we'll see how this one works out. Yeah, um, LSU is complete on offense, I, I believe, because they have, they have Joe Burrow. And um, in just an article that I read on Joe Burrow dating back to, you know, his high school days, if there was anything that he didn't know how to do at the quarterback position, he, he asked um, a coach or uh, his, his, his parents, I think his dad, 
and was like, you know, teach me. And and he comes from a he comes from a football family, and and the 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 idea was that he was bred to play football. His dad was a coach at um at Ohio, um, uh, up in Athens, Ohio, and he was there for a good a good long while. And and I'd have to find the article, and then I would have to type out the pinpoints to to know exactly what I'm talking about. But he he's been able to he's the he was the missing piece to that LSU offense and I don't I don't really know if he would have belonged um at Ohio State uh the way that they're utilizing um they're at the way that they're utilizing Justin Fields up there right and so and and, I, and I'll let you get to your point but the point that I'm trying to make though to circle it back around Ohio State I think is the more complete team on both sides of the ball whereas you have LSU yeah, they really they really stepped up when they needed to in the SEC championship game, and they were able to um, hold Georgia to um, what was it? I think ten points, right? Uh, and and for them to show dominance on dominance on defense, and and finally for the for the first time, because remember it was it was a scare I think against Ole Miss um, that they had, and and it, and it was uh, susceptible to the, the criticism on on defense. Well. For me, you know, what here, here's what happens is, is Georgia has had every bit of trouble of always being the bride, you know, to get to that point and always the bridesmaid. And so I, I look at this thing for Georgia, it, it just is what it is. I expect Georgia to do this, you know, just like Steve Spurrier used to expect them to play early and play them early and have two or three players suspended. I mean, there's just certain things that your trends show your pattern that consists of what we expect and all those th- things go together. But I think it was a well-defined moment for everybody to say, okay, LSU is really legit. They're good. Uh, how good are they? You know, we'll find out a little bit more against Oklahoma. That's usually more of an offensive conference than a, than a defensive conference. The SEC, kind of like the Big, Tw- Big Ten, very heavily strong in the past of being a defensive conference. These two t- conferences the same way. Uh, but, w- but we'll wait and see. Now, the one thing I do want to talk about, because at 830 we will get in here with Mr. Owens, he is the uh, the winning quarterback from uh, Wren High School. They won big uh, over the weekend, beating Myrtle Beach uh, for the uh, state championship, their first ever state championship. And, uh, of course, Mr. Owens breaks a record in the process. Still waiting, hopefully, to get in here with Kelly Bryant. Uh, haven't heard back from him yet this morning, but you know live radio brings you live issues, so we don't know what's happening. Hope everything's good over there at the Kelly camp. Now, that being said, transfer portal. That's something that I want to get into, the transfer portal where you start to kind of look at things and I'm not a fan of it. I, I get it's worked out for, for the college teams, but get, being a guy that covers high school football, it makes me very nervous. It makes me very uneasy, if you will, because I'm going to tell you why. When you look at three out of the four teams, three of these teams have transport kids that are hit that portal and have landed themselves into a different college. Yeah. Right? Right. Jalen Hurts was at Alabama. He's at Oklahoma. LSU and- now has their guy. Where is he from? Ohio State. And then Justin Fields, probably the smartest guy out of everybody left Georgia, and now the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. What does that mean for high school football? Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 2020 college football draft, because that's really what it is now. Instead mm. of them going to the high school level, they're going to go straight to that little portal, which is also that's, – that's portal to college is the draft to the NFL, because all they have to do now, they're going to come to you, and they're going to say, okay, I'm going to use me as an example. I'm the coach. You're the kid in high school, and over here is Joe Call, the coach over at Somerville. We'll, we'll let him be uh, the college co- the, co- the college quarterback that just jumped into this portal. Now, should I go get you? 
and I want to win today. College coaches don't – they do want to win tomorrow and the next day and the next day, but they really want to win today right? because that's how they're paid. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not just doing what they're doing. They're, they're doing it to – if you win, you stay in. If you don't, you won't. I'm going to offer you an opportunity. I'm even going to give you maybe a scholarship, but I'm not going to promise you the second slot because I've got to bring this guy in, and I've got to make room for him. I've got to make financially the availability to get him in with you. So now what you are going to get, he's going to get. So I'm going to go to my draft, and I'm going to fill it up. Okay, so I'm going to get my piece of paper. And what do we need? What are our needs? All right, well, let me go to the portal over here. Let me draft a couple of players over, right? It's like playing, playing fantasy football, college football style. I'm going to move all my guys left to right, right, left to right. Bring them over. And all of a sudden, now I'm done. Now I have a chance to go to the high school level. May not even need you now. Why don't I need you? Because I just went to the portal and I got what I needed to get. So I now need a linebacker. So all this conversation that you and I have had for the last three years, and you've been wearing all of my swag for the last three years, and you were going to commit to me, I don't need you anymore because I found a guy from Auburn that's coming in, or a guy from Alabama that's coming in, or a guy from Oregon that's coming in, or Jake Bentley mm-hmm. who just jumped into the portal, and he went from East Coast to West Coast. He just committed to Utah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so what happened to the kid that they were recruiting for Utah for the last three years? Right. Um. I don't think it's more. I don't think it's as much a, a draft as it is like free agency. Same thing. Yeah, and same it's thing. Ba- basically the same concept. But uh, the, just, just kind of the way that I'm putting it is that you know, yes, you have the college players that are already there that they've played at that level, and then they still have you know some years of eligibility left. In in, in last year's case, um, I think Jalen Hurts he had one year left, and so he went to Oklahoma. With with Jake Bentley as as recent as Jake Bentley, doesn't he have one more year left? Well, most of them only have one. Right? Yeah, most of them usually come in here with one. Of course, right. And so, um, like with that, and I, I, I Baker Mayfield here is an exception because I he was uh, I think he was at Texas Tech his freshman year, got redshirted, and then uh, sent off to um, sent off to Oklahoma, where I think he was there for for two years and got the Heisman. He won the Heisman Trophy his uh, senior year, his last year there. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's, a way, it's a way for college players to they, – they, they express that they have some, some – um, they, they wield some kind of sort of power. And, and I'm, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not against it. Because you you take a you take a gamble if you're um, if you're a college player by entering the transfer portal you don't know what teams want you you don't know um, I mean you can be eyeing some place that that you you've read up on them you've studied up on them and say oh well this school looks good they they probably need me I hope that they reach out to me I don't know I don't know how that process goes as far as the, does the player contact the school or the or the coach, and then the coach gets um, gets back in touch with him? Do they have like a uh, this is why I say free agency because do they have somebody a mediator to negotiate these things if there is any negotiate negotiating going on? And then and then to your point that you make about the high school player, it 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 kind of deflates the the value of the high school player. You have a five star kid. Let's um, like say for this, you have a five star kid in Luke. Doty, who is committed to South Carolina, and he's probably he's probably guaranteed to start playing in in the next um, in the next year or two. It, it will it won't start immediately his freshman year. Uh, you still have um, see you still have Holinsky and you still have uh, Dakarian Joiner, but Yurik. 
um, and who? Yurik. Yurik is the yeah. guy from we're in. Yep. Yeah. And so you like you have all those guys um, really next in line, the, the, the hierarchy of the quarterbacks there at the University of South Carolina. So, um, and it and it really just it, it's like I said, it's the gamble of like who who's going to want the starting job, who's going to want this player to to start for for your team, which coach would want this for for his team. Like you said, they want to win today. Yes, they they look towards the future. They look towards um, they, that because if they weren't looking towards the future, then we wouldn't have recruiting. Now we we would still have some form of it, but it wouldn't be the way that it is today. And there's a there's a lot changing in the NCAA um, as far as uh, like as as far as you know the the name image likeness thing, the, yeah. the uh, compensation. I mean, I don't like you, it. You, I don't like it. I'm mean, just to say this, dude, and I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. I understand it. If this is what it takes to bring back college football 2020, then then that's great because I miss it, and that's the only thing that you know. As as, as a guy that would never really been a video game guy, I always played college football. You know, uh, whatever it was, EA Sports that, that they put together. I could care less about shooting people. I could care less about this. But you give me the Maddens, you give me that. Back in the day when we were younger, it was Tecmo Bowl, right? You give me that. That that graphics were awesome in <laughs> the days. But now you look at it. But for me. The devil's advocate of it is, are, are we teaching these kids that you don't have to stay put and hold to what you agreed to do? Because, look, it, it happens. It happens every day in your job. It's not always going to go the way that you think it's going to go. It's not always going to be roses and cupcakes. You're not always going to have unicorns, leprechauns, and, and rainbows. It's just not going to be that way. So what are you going to do to get through it? Well, there's no transfer portal at your job. So you've got to maintain it. You've got to get through it. And that's just the way it works. Sometimes you got to try a little harder, fight a little longer. And, and, and there are situations. Jake Bentley's situation, I think, was different. He got injured. There was a lot of writing on the wall. They had already started with their new guy that was going to be the new era of, of Gamecock football. He knew coming back wasn't a good move for South Carolina to take the kid who was going to be your future that now is your present because you got hurt. That makes sense for you to leave. So there are scenarios that I'll give you. But, but for me, again, it, it, it's so many things. And, and high school football is on attack. Don't, don't think it's not. High school football is, is, is under siege right now because of the fact that they're so worried about so many things. And I'm not saying they're worried about the wrong things, but maybe the wrong things at the wrong time. I'll never say it's the wrong time to be safe. It's always good to be safe. But there's a lot of things that they did when I played comparatively to what they did when you would have played. It's, it's just a big difference. I mean, they don't, they don't have bull in the ring. We played bull in the ring, and the kids loved it. You want to get rid of some of the, the frustrations because you didn't score a test score the way you wanted to, or, or you wanted to, maybe you just had a bad day, man. You chop your feet till they call your number, and then you lay it out, man. If you're that guy that's getting ready to get hit, man, check it out. You better be quick on your feet. Jump back up and get ready again. Chop your feet and look around because here they come, three, four, five, and nine are coming at you. And that, to me, is exciting. There's just a lot of things that are held accountable. Some of the best lessons I've ever got was my coach up in my grill spitting in my face, getting me the business because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. But you know what I did? I fixed it. I fixed it immediately. I hear kids now on football fields across the country talking back to coaches, cussing on the football field, doing things that, quite frankly, if we had done that when I played football, we'd have never been a good football team. But we would have been a good track team. Yeah, you wouldn't have run a lap. That's what I was just about to mention. Yeah, and and that's the difference. That's the difference. And you hold the standards, and it starts in the classroom. And, and, and again, there's so much going on right now with athletics that that that's what I want to get into here the next, I would say, six minutes because we will go to break around 827 so keep your uh, hand on it real quick um you know when you when you get to the to the meat of the situation 
it starts in the classrooms. That's what they always told us. Well, in the classrooms, it's not the same standards that it was. No. You've taken the prayer out of the question. You now allow these kids to walk around with uh, earbuds in their ears, and they're using dropping bombs. I mean, I'm talking cuss words, words that I would have never used. I'm 41 years old, and there's some words I don't use. I hear some of these kids in hallways talking. It just amazes me. That was an easy ISS. That was an easy go home. Mm-hmm. Talking back to teachers, these are not your friends. But now society has allowed us to be friends with these kids. I tell my kids, I got four kids. I don't even like them half the time. I love them because the Bible says you have to, but I don't like them. There's a lot of kids that I don't like, but I love them because they're hard-headed. And they feel like for whatever reason, we're on the same level. Dude, we are never going to be on the same level. It's going to be a rare task for us to be on the same level. It's just not the way it's meant to be. Yeah. And me and my dad had that agreement. We understood. Dude, my dad has never been taller than me, but I don't think I've ever been. Even today, I might be able to take him today. I'm not going to try him. But I don't ever know a day I could take my dad down. You know, my yeah. son's 16 years old, and I take him down all the time on purpose. I'll slam him in, you know, down on the – we'll wrestle all the time because I need <laughs> him to understand, dude, look, I might be 41. Yeah. But that's how many times I'll take you down to the ground, brother, and you will not you, – you won't get up. Yeah. And, and to me, I think there's a lot to it. We have a lot of coaches around the state of South Carolina that are coaching their butts off day in and day out, but they're coaching against the process. They're coaching against the culture that's being brought onto their football field because the standard on football fields haven't changed. There's nothing difference between what Coach Joe Call does and then uh, the coach uh, up in Conway, what he does, Coach Terry. There's no difference in what Coach LaPrade does that you see what Coach Knox does up there at Dutch Fork mm-hmm. or even the upstate coaches. I mean, these coaches are coaching their tail off day in and day out. They're giving 100%. And I've seen so many football programs doing what we do, and you hear my passion in my voice here, because I am very passionate about watching our coaching staff in the state of South Carolina coach week in, week out, day in. Stay out. They give away time from their families, from their kids, from everything they got. And these kids in the helmets, not all of them understand the process. Not all of them understand what they're giving up. Not all of them understand that there's a kid that they've got, that they can't go watch him or her do something special on a Wednesday night because they're over here coaching football. Meanwhile, their kid's having some type of a, a ballet or, or, or some other event that they can't make it because they had an obligation. They agreed to you back in July. They said, give me 100% today. We'll win this game tomorrow, and I'm going to do the same. And they stick to their end, but yet these kids, they don't show up to practice. They don't call anybody. They don't do this. They don't call anybody. And, and to me, it's accountability. And, Coach, um, we, we played yesterday with Coach Knott's talked about heart. You can have a lot of things, but if you don't have heart, if you don't have heart to what you're doing, trust and believe me, you won't do anything. A word that keeps popping up in my head as you, um, as you continue to with that conversation is um, respect. And there's, there's a lot of respect. I, I know that there's a lot of respect that, that I have for my dad. And, you, you know, you talked about your, your son and that your, your boy, he, um, like, you, you have this uh, demand for respect. And it, and it sounds like you, that you get it. And, um, and you know, I, I, give it, I give the respect to my dad. Um, I, give, I give respect to my, my elders and the people, that, um, the people that I lean on and that I trust and that I, that I love and that I learn from. And, and it really – so – when it when you're talking about athletics, you talk about um, or or even just you know high school football as we know it. I mean, let's just let's just start with high school. Um, there, there, there's such a huge gap. Like I, I'm I'm four years removed from being in high school. Right. That 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 doesn't like on the microscopic scale that does not seem like a long like a long time. But as far as the mentality of of the kids today, and and I it's not that I I. It's not that I don't see it firsthand because I, I like I do in a way uh, very involved in youth group, but uh, being being small group leader and whatnot. But I, I see it 
that the mentality the mentality is different and that and I don't know I don't know if it was I don't know if it's a combination of if I, that I've changed and that um the high school kid is different now or it's like if it's one or the other or the combination of both like I just said it it's it's confusing to me because like I I don't I don't have kids and you know like it's it's hard it's hard for me to say it's hard right. for me it's hard for me to um you know produce an argument if you will right we're going to go to break here in just a little bit. I'm going to let you cue up a song here. Uh, today at 11 o'clock, I'll say goodbye to a, a mentor of mine who has uh, really embraced uh, all of my questions and, and all of my whining and, and complaining and what I want out of life. And I just want to be a radio guy. Come on, help me out, Ted. And, and he'll always, as he always does, you know, he'll call me on a Saturday after a football game on Friday night and listening to me. Or uh, when he was in the box with me two years ago in the 2018 season over at Somerville or producing the show in 2017 uh he would always uh call me and say well what you this is not going to come out the way it sounds you know i love you right and he would spend 20 minutes apologizing to me in three minutes breaking down why he's really breaking me down and then he would say but you know i love you and he always would say that and so even today he's a guy who's really uh played a lot of part in my life and what i do and try to be better i get it there's always something to get better at but uh today we'll pay our our, our final respects and remember a good friend of uh, of so many here in the Low Country uh, over at the Citadel. He was the voice of the Dell, uh, the Citadel for years. He did some stuff at Georgia Southern as well. Uh, he is from Daytona Beach, Florida, but he is a Charlestonian all the way through. He's a Hall of Famer in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, so many great things about him. If you're here in Charleston and, and you know this incredible man, much greater uh, man than he is a radio guy, trust and believe me. Uh, and he was an incredible radio guy. Uh, Ted Burns uh, Memorial Service will be held today at 11 o'clock over at Seacoast Church on Long Point Road in Mount Pleasant. Uh, it'll be a packed house. I would expect it to be uh, to be a lot of us there. So we got to take a break. Coming back uh, from break, we will uh, check in with uh, Mr. Joe Owens. He is a record holder. He is a uh, state champion uh, over there in 4A football. But a quick moment of silence first, followed by a song to recognize our buddy who we uh, lost way too early to a car wreck uh, the Saturday after that Thursday on Thanksgiving. This is Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Everybody, Rich Yellman here live. Of course, uh, going off the air, we recognize uh, Ted Byrne, who will uh, be remembered today at 11 o'clock over at Seacoast Church on Long Point Road in Mount Pleasant. The uh, service should begin around 11 o'clock. Ted Burns, of course, was a, a friend to so many, a voice for so many, and uh, a, a guy who, and I put on social media, you know, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ted Byrne. Thanks, brother, for the guidance, the patience, and love. And there's always somebody in your life who who's going to push you a little bit harder, that's going to expect a little bit more, but it's going to love you the tough way. That was Ted. I think he did that for a lot of guys uh, and girls, I would imagine, in this industry. Uh, Ted was kind of uh, – we talked to a lot of small-town uh, quarterbacks today, and we're going to get in here with another one. But, you know, it, it's funny. When you meet the mayor, the mayor is also the plumber, the electrician. Uh, he's going to deliver your paper, your pizza. You know, he does it all. And that was Ted Burns over at Kirkman Broadcasting. He did everything. Man, that guy knew more about radio. He forgot more about radio than anybody I've ever met knew. So, uh, you know, we lost him uh, way too early. This is a guy that beat cancer. He beat everything. But on uh, that Saturday night after Thanksgiving, the Lord needed him because he had already called home a coach. He just needed somebody to give the play-by-play. And, and there's Ted up there now with the uh, the gold mic. And uh, him and the coach are up there doing their thing. So uh, we do want to send our thoughts and prayers to the family of uh, Mr. Ted Byrne and everybody involved here today. Uh, it should be uh, a touching moment for all of us. All right, so without further ado, I do head over to the Matt Burgers Hotlines. Of course, uh, we are now in Wren, South Carolina, with the quarterback who is now a, a, a legend, not only in Wren, South Carolina, but in the state of South Carolina. He holds the record of the most touchdowns uh, in a season, or I believe is, is the record you hold there, Mr. Joe Owens. Uh, congratulations, buddy. I've gotten to know you quite well the last two or three weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Well, I appreciate you making time here on a uh, solid Tuesday show. We, of course, uh, found out that Wren is a quarterback you over there. Who knew? You guys have Yurik, who's playing for the Gamecocks. You got Kelly Bryant that's played for Clemson and Missouri. He's going to be playing in the NFL. But you have one thing that they don't have, a state championship ring. How cool is that, dude, to see Kelly Bryant on your sideline and say, hey, man, you seen one of these before? And you, <laughs> you show him your state championship. Now, he's got a national championship ring. But just in fun, uh, did you have a little fun poking at it with him a little bit on uh, on Saturday night? Oh yes, sir. I had a lot of fun poking on the uh, them two guys. Um, we were all standing over there uh, after the game, talking to our uh, quarterback trainer because we all trained together um, since forever. But uh, yeah, because he brought it up, he's like, uh, he 
So how does it feel to be the only one that could do it? Because these other t- guys couldn't do it. I, I told them, like, somebody has to do it. So I guess I was <laughs> the one that had to do it. I remember, I think I, I heard you guys talk about it. Of course, uh, let, let's talk about your quarterback uh, trainer. He and I are, are pretty good buddies. We've had a chance uh, to catch up a few times, and we watched a bunch of games together Saturday uh, on the sideline, and um, he and I will be hanging out uh, at the North-South game uh, coming up this weekend up in Myrtle Beach. But uh, Ramon's a great guy. I mean, this guy has definitely uh, put not just you on stage. He's put a bunch of other guys on stage. What is it about him and his tactics that really – get you guys to give everything you got and, and really put everything you can on the football field. Oh, yeah. Uh, Coach Ramon, he's he's really dedicated to uh, the training part. And just a, he's a student of the game, but he puts a lot of time in that's, uh, with the, all the quarterbacks that he has. He has a lot of uh, South Carolina quarterbacks and quarterbacks out of state, but he has the top-of-the-line quarterbacks and – just builds them from the ground up. Live right now with the quarterback, the MVP of the day, of course, was uh, Joe Owens. He and uh, the Hurricanes rolled through wayans Bryce Stadium, knocking out the uh, the champions of 2018, the Myrtle Beach Seahawks. And, uh, boy, I tell you, it was a great game. Watching you put 21 points in the first quarter, uh, you know, that kind of told the story. That set the trend there. Myrtle Beach only able to put seven on. And it was the secondary, the defense for uh, for Wren that really I thought kind of caught me a little bit. I thought they probably played their best game of getting in that young quarterback's head across the way from you guys. Of course, a sophomore quarterback from Myrtle Beach, Ryan Berger, who was 3-0 and coming in here. He had only played three games, and it was all playoffs because their starting quarterback goes down. But, you know, you guys never skipped a beat. Watching you bounce off the field, uh, bounce back on the field and all of that, the energy, uh, Joe, that you were able to bring with you, I, I think that kind of helped motivate this team. and and kind of set the trend. I watched your sidelines the whole time and watching your coaches continue to coach all the way to the final seconds there. Tell us a little bit about what was it like getting up that morning? Cause you and I had talked last Thursday, but then you guys practice on Friday. You stayed home, right? Everybody fed you there on Saturday morning. I think the town got together and did a potluck for you guys. Then you head over to Williams Bryce stadium. Not, not, not just around the corner, but way down the street. Tell us from the time you got up to the time you got back. And what was it like when you pulled up, and got off the bus. So give us that whole Saturday experience, man. Oh uh, yeah, it was um yeah, when we got there early in the morning to eat breakfast, everybody was kinda excited, you know, coach coach gets a little over overly excited, but he was trying to calm down a little bit. But then we just ate, we relaxed and then a lot of us went over to um one of the uh players' houses and we just chilled out and played a little uh Madden a little bit and a little two K. Then we went back over to school, got ready. Um, then when we got there, we knew what time it was. We knew it was time. It was time to lock in. Got in the locker room, listened to a little music. I got a little, got a little energy up, a little turn up, a little dancing a little bit. And we got on the field, and it was go time. But ever since the first snap, the energy had to stay up high. We knew that. Got on them fast. Our defense got out there, and they played their butts off all game. Well, we just – we felt like on offense, it was our job to keep the energy up high. But, so, yeah, that's how it went. Live right now with the quarterback who now holds a record over there, not only in Wren, South Carolina over there, of course, uh, but Wren High School, excuse me, in Piedmont, South Carolina. Uh, you, you start to kind of look at things, Joe, where you guys are able to kind of put things together and, and really handle things the way you were. 
there was a touching moment towards the end of the game, and I actually had your defensive line coach in here yesterday with me. Uh, coach Abrams joined us, and uh, we're going to, I think, get your linebackers coach in here this week as well, who's uh, reached out to us. But there was a, there was a time yesterday, on Saturday after the game where I saw one of your linebackers, I believe is who it was, uh, bent down talking to a Myrtle Beach player, man. And, and to me, you see a lot of great moments. I see a lot of great touchdowns thrown, a lot of great touchdowns caught, and some ran in the end zone, and a tackle that was like, wow, look at that tackle. But to me, to see another player reach out to another player and, and really show what sportsmanship is all about. And, and you could kind of hear a little bit about what he was saying to him in the moment. I thought it was really a classy move. Uh, tell us a little bit about this guy. What's it like to have him as your teammate? Recognize his name, of course, and uh, maybe his year if he's a junior or senior. Uh, but uh, talk about him. And, and when you saw that video, if you didn't, well, I'm not sure if you walked over when you saw that situation, but uh, kind of talk a little bit about that with us, if you will. Oh yeah, so that was our um, that was our junior uh, right offensive tackle, um, Hunter, uh, Hunter Fountain. He's a, he's a great that's a great guy right there. But that's really our motto at Rand is just sportsmanship. I mean, even after the game, they played a great game. So that's what he was telling tell them guys right there. He was telling them that they were great players and they gave us they they gave us problems all night, but. You just tell him keep his head up because I mean, I think that guy was like that was a young guy too, so he had more I mean uh, years to come. So just tell him keep his head up and keep working because he has time. But yeah, that's Hunter Fallon. That's a great guy. That's a great teammate. I'm glad to have him on the team, and that'll be one of my great friends forever. No doubt about it. Great guy on and off the field. Excited to watch what he was able to put together. Uh, you know, looking at the numbers, though, you guys, of course, did what you needed to do. When you were going for this record that, of course, uh, you, you beat Bentley Schuler in out of Burns High School that set that record 2013. I think his record was 72. You got well over that here as you uh, had a handful of uh, touchdowns here. That being said, were you kind of keeping an eye on it? Was that something in your mind? Or or you like me, and I, and I imagine you are. You get in there, man, and you're not worried about anything, but what's in front of you, and that was to put the ball in the end zone. Then you go to the sideline, you kept doing it, and then word on the street was from your coach, uh, talked to me after the game, said you had suffered a little bit of injury to your hand there, but yet you looked at him like, dude, I'm not coming out. All right, we're going to finish this game together. I started it. I'm going to finish it. That's just the way it's going to go. And he said, all right, hey, see you later, Joe. Go have a good game. And that was kind of the way it went. Yes, sir. Uh, no, actually, I didn't even I – w- I didn't even know I uh, broke the record. And I think I threw – I think it was after the third touchdown I threw. Or maybe it might even have been after the fourth one out there. Uh, somebody walked up in my ear and whispered it, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I was like, "Let's go put like uh, three more up there then." And then, but yeah, Coach Tate came over there. Uh, I think it was after the second drive of the game is when I hurt my hand. He was asking me what, uh, what was wrong because he's saying uh, I was talking to the trainer about something, and I was like, "No, nah, it's my hand." And he's like. It looks like it's broken. I said, hey, it'd be fine. I said, I'll, I'll be okay after the game. But so I was telling you, I was like, I'm not coming out. And then even uh, towards the last two drives of the game is when I actually, I don't think he told anybody, but I was hurt. I hurt my uh, throwing shoulder because I fell on it uh, a couple drives ago. And that's why we had to put um, Tyler Cherry back in there to uh, run the ball two times, get close to the first down. But so I could, uh, Third one to get the first down before we had to take the uh, final two uh, needs in the victory formation. 
mean, and, and you know it's expected to get some bumps and bruises here in a state championship game. You get them any other time on a Friday night, and definitely you're seeing the best of the best go against each other. It's a gladiators. People say this is a contact sport, and I'm quickly to tell you it's a collision sport. It's it's the craziest thing in the world. It's two grown men, or, or, or at least you know boys, putting on pads and some girls along the way as well. We've seen that this year. Uh, on on the show, but uh, they they get after it, man, and they run a hundred miles an hour and collide into each other. I mean, that's that's almost like watching some gladiator stuff there. As we're live here with the uh, the most all time scoring leader uh, touchdown pass uh, with uh, of course uh, Mr. Joe Owens joins us all the way from Piedmont, South Carolina, with the Wren Hurricanes. They have a phenomenal season. They win the four A state championship. They had the finale game there in Columbia on uh, Thursday night. So you get on the bus, you guys uh, ride back up the upstate, take the trophy with you. What was it like? Give us the breakdown from pulling up into the yard to the fans, the atmosphere. Uh, how, how cool was that for you? Oh, it was great. Um, we had the fire. We had the fire department. All the, we had about four or five police cars and fire trucks and ambulances uh, escorting us all the way back to the uh, field from since the time we got into Powdersville. Then we pulled up to the school. We had, uh, I guess, a couple hundred fans sitting outside waiting for us. Coach told us, I guess this might have been four or five weeks ago, that he said we're going to have a party on the field after the state game, after we ran that trophy home. And so we had we got there, I guess, probably midnight, and we were out there until about 1 o'clock in the morning taking pictures and celebrating and stuff with all the fans. I had a chance to catch up with the head coach after the game, of course, but I also talked to his wife, who uh, both him and his uh, wife went to the same high school, and it, it, you could see the passion in, in, her, in, her, in her face there. Tell us a little bit about your connection with the coach's wife, because you're the quarterback, so, you know, usually the quarterback is, is really close to the head coach and the family of the head coach and all that. Uh, how much are you going to miss this thing? And, by the way, I did ask him a question about you, uh, in the uh, in the final interview on the football field, and I said, "How big is is, is uh, Mr. Owens to you?" And I'm gonna tell you, he looked me dead square in the eye and said, "Richie, that kid is is one of the best quarterbacks I've coached, and this kid gives me 100. percent I knew he was gonna be special from the time he came on the field to the time he's gonna finally walk off the field, and we're just glad we had a chance to be the ones to coach him." So, nice words from your head coach, who now is at the North South uh, game preparing for that big game on Saturday. Uh, but go back to the coach's wife, uh, her excitement, her love for you guys or something that, you know, you only see from the coach's wife. Hey, uh, uh, Miss Tate, she's like a mother to all of the, uh, all of the players. But, uh, yeah, I think I, I met her probably, it might've been the third week I was at Wren at a basketball game. I met her. And ever since then, uh, I guess I kind of felt like she was one of my, I guess I felt like she was a mother to me. I talked to her after every game. She told me how proud of me, uh, how proud she is of me, and just comes up, hugs me, and talks all the time. And she just, she's a great woman. And Coach Tate's whole family, this just, they're just football loving. I mean, just people loving people. They're just great. Live right now with the, uh, I would say without doubt, the Southern Sports Central Player of the Game from. Uh, Saturday night, a team that uh, took down the likes of uh, Myrtle Beach Seahawks. The Seahawks had come in winning the 2018 championship game. Well, guess what? In front of 4,000 people, 4,000 is the number that they finally were able to come up with it during this game. 
Uh, it was every bit of a wren. The Hurricanes blew over the Seahawks 35-23. It was a 21-7 lead going at the end of the first quarter. Going into halftime, it was uh, a little bit different, 28-17. But then never did they look back. Not many points scored after the, uh, the, the, the first half. It was only six by Myrtle Beach, seven by Wren. But the final 35-23 is uh, where they finish off. You guys take home your first ever state championship ring you take home a record with you from williams bryce stadium so what's next for you man what do you look for the next few days and uh any conversations here uh going forward uh i'm playing basketball right now so i actually have the basketball game today we actually have four of them this week but i'll just um just enjoying the win and then actually just getting back into the football training and staying up and getting ready for the uh, the next chapter in my life, going off to college, playing college football. I tell you what, man, it ought to be a good one for you. Uh, best of luck to you. We're going to keep conversations with you. Uh, if you make it to Myrtle Beach for that North-South game on Saturday, I'm not sure if you've got plans, uh, make sure you catch up with us. I'll be down there doing a show. You're more than welcome to stop by and put a headset on and have a conversation with me. Uh, I am going to stay in touch with you on and off the air here because when you finally figure out where you're going to end up going to college, I want to know. And congratulations on playing more than one sport. I think that's great. And your folks would probably tell you this. I know your coaches would tell you this. That's how we grew up, man. The way we got better is playing multiple sports because it teaches you multiple things. And there's just so many things that come out of being a multi-sport athlete. You know, just like being an athlete on the football field. If you're just going to play one position, of course, quarterback's kind of that. But other than that, man, I'd want to play all over the field. It makes you a more a more marketable guy in and around the game, right? I mean, it definitely uh, it adds up on your resume. So, uh, well done playing basketball. The best of luck in that season. And we'll we'll check in with you and you give us an update. Maybe you guys win another state championship uh, uh, in, in the basketball arena. So, who knows what's next for Ren? You guys seem to uh, have a lot of energy going up there. And uh, thank you so much for always being willing to get in here with us, to talk to us, to be a part of what we do. Uh, your coaching staff is, is five-star by far. Uh, everybody has been really neat getting a chance to find out that you guys are quite the quarterback factory over there in Wren uh, High School. So uh, enjoy the day. I'll talk to you here in, in a few. But other than that, my man, thanks for everything you have done for high school football, all that you represent on and off the field. Because I tell people all the time, he may be a five-star stud on that football field. But that dude is a five-star stud on the sideline just as much as he is anywhere else. So uh, thanks for being a good person overall, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the quarterback of the hour that joins us here at 830. Of course, uh, all the way from Piedmont, South Carolina, we check in at Wren High School with their very own. He is holding the record of beating uh, a guy all the way back in 2013 with the most touchdowns in the end zone there. Of course, that is uh, Mr. Joe Owens. I think he sits around 74, maybe 75. And uh, if, if numbers uh, have me right, he, he beats that one by about two or three touchdowns. But he did it in fashion, scoring three early throwing a few more, throwing a few more. And uh, like you said, he had an injury to the wrist there, works through it. Got an injury to the shoulder, the stinger probably got through it. And uh, good quarterbacks, you know, they, they, they try to find a way. Great quarterbacks stand up when they give them the opportunity. He's a baller. He's a playmaker. And, uh, you know, and he, he showed that on the field Saturday night in the win against Myrtle Beach. And it was just all season for him to even uh, be in consideration for breaking or tying the record going into a state championship game like that. And, uh, something that I like I whenever I was, you know, putting this out on my Twitter uh, and I tagged him in this. And um, and, and what really struck me is awesome is that, um, you know, he has his GPA and his SAT score um, in his Twitter bio. 
And yeah, so like I'm just going to read through it quickly. It says we're in high school, 2019 4A state champions, 2020 All-State quarterback, 3.5 GPA, 1270 SAT, and then he has his uh, contact info with his uh, phone number and his email. And and I I think that how powerful that is to, um, you know, and he mentioned it that that he's uh, wanting to you know whenever he goes wherever he goes that uh, the education uh, he wants to get a good education wherever he goes. And um, I, I, from what I see, just like the eye test here, that this proves it, um, you know, just looking at it, that he wants to pursue, um, he wants to pursue that dream, of course, uh, with, with getting an education, but also, you know, playing, playing sports. And I think it's, I think that's really cool too. He plays basketball as well. I didn't yeah. know that about him. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, and, and if you look at it, as we're going to wrap up the show here in about six minutes here, I do want to thank everybody that came on here this morning. Kelly Bryant's going to get back in with us maybe later this week. Uh, you know, he's got a lot going on, getting ready for the draft, and there's just so many things that happen in his training uh, that you just don't know what happened. Uh, but I will follow up and try to get him back in here later in the week. Uh, but, of course, uh, you know, we, we've tried with three different high schools. We've had three different quarterbacks, and they've all done really well they've interviewed well they speak clearly it's a big deal to me to represent your school the way they have and and again very blessed to have three stud quarterbacks all of them with rings on their fingers after saturday or friday night and that's a big deal to me and i appreciate the time the energy and the effort but i really appreciate those three guys because they'll graduate this year the biggest thing i want to say is come back i get you're going to go to college i get you're going to take your next chapter but come back and, and remember what you accomplished in this chapter. Come back and be that speaker, be that motivator, be that guy in front of that guy that you used to watch. Maybe it was the Kelly Bryants. Maybe it was this guy or that guy. Maybe it was somebody who, who, who motivated you to say, I want to be like him. You don't want to be like me. Be better than me. Well, I'll tell you what. One thing is that, um, you know, Chapman High School is in Inman. Inman is a small town. Saluda High School is in Saluda. Saluda is a small town. And then you have um, <clears throat> Wren High School in Piedmont, South Carolina. Piedmont is a very small town. And that's where a lot of, um, you know, the hometown roots, the grassroots uh, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have, um, have the privilege to say that, that that's, where they, that's where they come from. And it's a place where, where time, time just moves uh, a lot slower. And I think, I think don't quote me on this, but they have it within themselves and, the, and in their minds that they will go back because whenever you have football in small towns like Saluda, like Inman, like Piedmont, where in the fall, the bread and butter of that community is football, high school football. And it just, it speaks to the heart of the athlete. It speaks to the heart of uh, the coaches. It speaks to the heart of the parents who uh, raise up these young uh, these young kids that become athletes. And you know the coaches and the the, the principals and the teachers. It, it's it it takes a village. And for small like small town USA, where football is the cornerstone, um, where there's history to it. I think it's awesome that the three state championships that we got to witness this weekend all came from uh, small small town communities. Whether or not it was a three A um, or four A um, high school championship, uh, they're still very um, local communities, like uh, like rural 
communities. And it, it's just awesome to, you know, speak to that um, or uh, speak and have, uh, have a testament to that uh, small town USA where football, uh, football translates to everyone around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it is, I get it, the small town does have that charm, too. Of course, you don't want to underestimate and, and not look at what they're doing over at Dutch Sport because they've got four state championships in a row. But that's, you know, another story for another day. I do want to, again, thank everybody who came in here, of course, uh, all the way, of course, in the upstate up there. We've had three quarterbacks here. Uh, McKaylee Casalardo, he joined us uh, at the top of the hour as they win their state championship. Noah Bell comes in. Uh, he, of course, another small-town guy comes in, salute to high school, is uh, where he represents. And, again, just now, Joe Owens joins us. And for Joe, you know, this is a kid that we've had a chance to get to know a little bit more. He's been on more than the other two guys that have come in here. And we've watched him really kind of grow in the last couple of games. And thanks to uh, the connection of social media and to a friend of connected to Somerville, to his family, uh, that's kind of how this relationship worked out. And, and I remember – uh, you, you know, you get this guy sends me this film on this kid. And he says, uh, "Hey, Rich, you, you got to look at this guy." And I was like, well, "Well, let me take a look." And I see him. I'm like, "Wow, you know, why is he not getting blown up? Why is he not getting hurt? Why, why do we not know more about this kid, Joe Owens? I mean, he's he's only a few touchdowns away from breaking these records, and he still's got two or three more games of football. If they keep winning, they will have a way of not only winning a championship, but doing the same thing." Of course, Mr. Hancock looks at me and says, "Look, man, you and I understand talent. We see it. We 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 do what we do." I said, "Well." Let me get them on the radio. So then it begins, and, and here we are a little bit later. I'm going to enjoy following these other two guys as well as we will the guys we had yesterday. You know, even the young man who, who came in here from, of course, uh, Barnwell. Yeah, to me, when these kids reach out to me personally and they're not on my show, they're not talking about where they've been or what they're doing, that's a big thing. And Craig Fender, uh, you know, he thanked me as much as yesterday, saying, hey, I really appreciated the opportunity to be a part of your show. I'm sorry that, you know, we just – we didn't finish the way we wanted to on Friday night in the championship game, but that's all right. I'm going to take this lesson, go to college, and, and I'm going to learn from it. So that's a big deal uh, to get these guys to, to hit me up and to have these conversations with me individually to, to just say, look, yeah, you know, I appreciate what you do for me. That's something that this generation, they don't say anything. They don't, they don't bring that stuff out. They don't, they don't have yeah, – I can't say they all don't, but there are certain ones who really make it a point to do so, and I appreciate it. And I'm going to tell you this. Players that are listening, it's the off season. What are you doing today to get better for tomorrow? If you're getting to go to college, you you need to keep working out. You might want to work out even harder than you did in high, in high school because it's a, it's more of a job than it's ever been, right? So if you're just sitting there getting through weightlifting class, then you're just going to get through life, and that sucks because getting through something doesn't get you to something other than just the average bear. Now I'm going to say this as we're uh, coming up to the top of the hour. Go over there and thank those coaches because you're not in the season. Things are just kind of quiet right now. Take a moment to appreciate what they did for you. Thank them for giving the hours, the energy, the time, the effort. They can't play the game, but they can teach you the game. At the end of the day, it comes between you and the lines and the team on the other side. And trust and believe me, I don't think for one minute that these coaches that are, that are not talking about going to a state championship didn't coach as hard as the guys that did go in it. That being said, I do want to say thanks for all the visitors today, all those uh, listeners today, and everybody who joined us here. Hopefully, will join us again tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. sharp, as we'll come to you live right here on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk radio family. And uh, we also want to thank Guren's Pharmacy, Simmons Barbershop, Matt's Barbershop, and Matt's Burgers, and, of course, our tent farm fellas over there in North Charleston, keeping us shaded all throughout this beautiful, warm day 
in December. Uh, Will, great job today, as always, my friend. We greatly appreciate what you do, and we'll do it again tomorrow morning. So on behalf of Will, yeah, we'll have a uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see you soon. Thank you guys very much. God bless. Take care. Pick up a phone. Check on a friend, as this is Southern Sports Central. Come back tomorrow, 7 a.m. sharp. Have a great day, everybody. In America, too, she's a good girl. It's crazy about Elvis, loves horses, and her boyfriend, too. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.